0: All sorts of forums and books and magazines, they come across this concept of buying a block of units. And a lot of people say, look, this is the bee's knees, the panacea, the passive income goal. This is where real money is made. In this episode, I'll talk about the pros of buying blocks of units and also the negatives. And at the end of the episode, I'll give you my conclusion as to whether you should actually adopt this strategy because it could be a fast track to your passive income goals or not. Welcome to the Oz Property Investment Mastery Podcast. My name's PK and I help busy people build passive income by buying top 5% growth, and cash flow property and build a portfolio using data without wasting months doing research, spending weekends at inspection or catching flights, or dropping ten dollars to $20,000 on buyer's agents every single time. So if you're confused, lack confidence, and just overwhelmed with all the information and marketing misinformation available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you. Lots of units are basically when you have like three, four, five, six, seven, up to however many on a single title, you would have driven past it. It's like, you know, typically they're like brick and there's like maybe two or three stories high and they're maybe like 30, 40 years old. Like that's the kind of ones I'm talking about sort of four units, you know, like double storey, two buildings next to each other, or just like one building with four units, two at the bottom, two at the top, or six, or eight, or 10, or 12, or 18, however many units. I'm not talking about high-rise towers or apartment blocks that are like, you know, a thousand in there, or 500 in there, or a hundred in there. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking your everyday, run-of-the-mill block of units that can range from anywhere from like 500,000 to like, let's say, 2 million or 3 million or or something, right? That's kind of where I'm sticking to these pros and cons. Let's start with the first positive. So the first positive is that the yield is higher than normal houses. So a lot of people are like, you know, why established houses, new houses? Why should I buy something like that? When I can just buy a unit block and get multiple streams of income and really only have one property to worry about, the yield is so much higher. And that's true, like on the face of it. And that's one of the positives. You know, whereas a uh, average Sydney, Melbourne property will be yielding three, maybe four percent, Brisbane, maybe four, four and a half, five percent. Other capital cities like Adelaide and Perth, maybe like five five to six percent, regional Australia, good houses, established houses, five to seven percent, maybe touching eight percent, you know, blocks of units can yield higher than that. In fact, the average block of unit does not yield under six percent, it's well over six percent. So that's one reason why you should consider buying a block of units because hey, we're all doing this ultimately to retire, right? Retire early, and so why not go for something that's got higher cash flow, but more to come on that. The second positive is that if these units, like let's say there's four units and they're not yet get strata title, they're all on one title, you can spend like as little as even like 6,000, 10,000, 15,000, $20,000 strata titling them, you know, separating them from one another from an ownership perspective in the eyes of the council in terms of titling. And what that means is that all of a sudden each of their values rise. So you might buy a block of units, I'm just using round numbers here, for let's say a million bucks, and there's four of them. So each of them, and they're not strata title, each of them is $250,000. You spend, you know, let's call it 10, 20, maybe $30,000 on strata titling them, depending on where you're buying in Australia. And then all of a sudden, like these are real numbers, but example, but these are like, you know, very feasible, that $250,000 block, or that $250,000 unit, I should say, goes up to 300 or 350, maybe even 400, depending on what the quality and where you buy is because now it has its own individual ownership so that all of a sudden means that let, let's just say it goes up to 400 like an extreme example now you've got four of them at 400 that's 1.6 million dollars you've just made i'm just talking gross here you have just made six hundred thousand dollars by spending what 10 20 30 thousand dollars with a bunch of paperwork with council strata tightening them like so that's another positive of buying unit blocks there's An immense opportunity to to add value immediately through really very little work. The fourth positive of unit blocks is that tenants are really easy to find. Of course, right now, 2023 is a rental crisis. I think this rental crisis will go on for many, many years. So it's it's not hard to find a tenant regardless almost of the type of property you buy. But In even bad times, tenants are really easy to find for unit blocks because, let's be honest, like, it's so cheap, you know, because they're only renting that one unit. It's not like there's land for them to pay rent on and, like, an alfresco patio area, except it's just a very simple cut-and-dry basically four walls. It's a a unit. And so rents are normally well under $500. Now, of course, this is a generalization and there's more expensive ones, etc. But the point is that they're cheaper than renting out a whole house. So there's always so much demand for them because it's always affordable. So that's another third positive that, you know, there's very little vacancy and you can always find tenants really easily. The fourth positive is that there's less land tax for multiple streams of income. Like let's say you were to go out and buy four houses, and for this argument I'm just saying they're all in the same state. All of a sudden you'd start to pay land tax. Like let's say you've bought four houses at $400,000 each, that's going to tip you over into the land tax threshold to the state that you've bought in, regardless of which state or territory in Australia. So we're paying land tax on you know basically all those houses after that threshold. But with a block of units, even though you have four rentals, four units, the council is only charging you land tax if you indeed cross that threshold of land holdings. On that one property, okay? Even though there's four units, it's just one property. So, you know, that means that you're getting multiple streams of income but you're basically getting a huge economies of scale from a land tax perspective. So those of you who have done unit blocks, you'll know what I mean. Like this is a very subtle point and maybe new investors won't really fully appreciate land tax, but it's really important to minimize that if you can. Those are the four positives of unit block ownership. Let's go to the negatives because there's always negatives to anything in life. All right, the first one is that you need to be very, very careful around the construction type of the actual unit. Block, okay, is it brick or is it fibro? Is there concrete flooring or is there timber flooring? You want the former in both instances, unit blocks deteriorate. The type of one that I'm talking about is typically like let's say 10 to 40, 50, 60 years old, like that, you know, on average 30 to 40 years old. And so they deteriorate. You want to have a good quality unit block because if something happens structurally all four tenancies are impacted. Your income can dry up very quickly. If something happens, then the cost to re- improve, refurbish, renovate, or replace is much more because the house or the the dwelling has more to do on it than just a, a normal standard house because it's bigger, right? There's four units in there, it is bigger, so you need to be careful of those maintenance considerations. The second thing, and I think this is really important, I hope you're with me so far, the second negative about unit blocks is that, really, even though the yield is higher than a normal freestanding dwelling, you really need eight to 10% yield, you know, for it to really work, okay? And why do I say that? I say that because there are higher insurance and maintenance costs and rates with unit blocks. Okay, I'll get to that in a second. But those basically eat up into your gross to net yield. So if you're getting like 8%, let's say gross yield on a unit block, and let's be honest, I post these deals all the time. Let's say you get a a normal freestanding established dwelling house, like a normal one standard orthodox for 7% or 7.5%. It's like, why why take all this additional risk, and I'll get to what risk means, of buying a unit block for just an additional 0.5 gross yield, which will be diluted anyway, with additional maintenance, and additional rates, and additional insurance, it doesn't quite make sense. So, you know, a lot of you are probably going to be, you know, tuning into this episode, and you're like, well, PK, I hear your negatives, and I hear all the future negatives that I'm going to go through in a second. And you're like, but I've made a killing from unit blocks. Well, that's true. Like, let's rewind to 2010, maybe even 2015, unit blocks were yielding almost 10%, you know, 9%, above 8%. Now they don't really yield that on average. It's very uncommon to see above 8% yielding unit blocks and back then from an economics perspective i just stated it made sense now the average yield for a unit block is under 8% so it doesn't really make sense to go for that and with all its negatives versus a normal free standing established dwelling and here's the third negative of a block of units is that over four units, sometimes four units, but definitely over four units is considered commercial lending from the bank. What does that mean? They think of it as a commercial property, not a residential property. That has different implications. A couple of them are that the loan amount that they'll give you is perhaps only 65, maybe 70%. So you need to stump up thirty percent thirty five percent deposit which all of a sudden is a completely different ballgame to a normal residential property where you only need to stump up 20% 20% or if you use LMI, which I highly recommend you do depending on your strategy, you know, maybe you only have to stump up 12% or 10%, right? So the ability to scale a portfolio is diminished with a unit block strategy because you're having to save and you know get so much more deposit every single time versus a normal residential accumulation strategy. And let's be honest. The, if you want net wealth, you need to own multiple assets. The more assets that you can own, you know, let's say they go up 10%, if that's across five properties, 10 properties, that's a big deal. If it's just across one or two properties, that's still good, but it's not such a big deal. So the name of the game in property investing, if you're looking for net wealth, is to own as much of a portfolio value as you can. And so lending strategy and the ability to use other people's money, the bank's money, is very important, because you know most of us, let's say if you're on an average income, you can't come up with a 30% deposit very quickly every year. The second implication with a commercial loan, because it is four units or five units plus, is that the interest rate will be higher. So normally commercial loans, commercial property encounter a, a higher interest rate, like let's say 1%, I'm just generalizing here, 1%, 1.5%, or even it's just 0.75%, right? That is still a higher interest rate. So it comes back to the point that I was making before, even though yields are higher in block of units they are not high enough disproportionately to account for higher interest rates, holding costs, maintenance, insurance rates, etc. And that's exactly the fourth negative, which I did allude to before, the insurance costs, okay? So it's like not every insurance company will even take these on. If they will, they'll want to insure every single unit separately. So yes, it's like one big dwelling, right? They're all attached, of course. But they want to insure every unit individually. So it's like paying the same as having four houses, right? So it doesn't quite, so you kind of stack up from that perspective. People don't realize just how high the insurance costs are and the same with rates. So once again, like coming back to brass tacks where the rubber hits the road, I really wouldn't buy a block of units unless it really has a high eight or perhaps even 9% on it. That additional interest rate that you're paying, the additional fees that you're paying, you've got to account for that. And after all is said and done, if the block of units is only yielding seven or eight percent, Look, net net is basically the same as a freestanding property, but with all these additional downsides. The fifth downside of a block of unit strategy is that like, it can actually be quite hard to sell these. If you think about it, no owner occupier is driving down the road with his husband or wife or whatever the case may be. And it's like, oh honey, that looks like an amazing place. We should live there, right? No owner occupier ever really said that. So owner occupiers don't want to buy these. Therefore the resaleability is truncated from 100% of the market to just 30% of the market, 70% of the market being owner-occupiers. So, generally speaking, it's a high-risk thing, you know, when you're limiting your ability to sell a service or product to a few that's not a good thing unless like you're really sure about that strategy. So from that perspective, you know, for the average mum and dad investor, I think it's quite high risk. And the sixth downside, look, I know in one of the positives I was like, "Oh, you can make $600,000, you know, like, hypothetically by just strata titling them, by filing a bit of paperwork with the council, spending $10, 000, 20, 30,000 and then having the ability to strata title them and increase the value of each unit." For from, let's say, 400 to 500 or 350 to 450, whatever it is, you're like, oh, well, that positive trumps all these other negatives that you've been talking about, PK. Like, I get what you're saying, but this negative of, having to manage then all of these properties and their common areas, like you are the body corporate, you are the company in charge of managing that whole dwelling, including the driveway, the gardens, you know, like common areas, maybe there's clothes clotheslines, letterboxes, there's neighborhood disputes, and I don't mean with like neighbors, I mean like one, tenant in a unit versus another tenant a neighboring unit you know they're right right next to each other if they don't get along like that's a royal headache for the landlord for the property investor for ourselves as well as additional cost and look most people you can outsource that to a property manager but once again that's additional cost I do recommend you use property managers but then the property management Fees are higher for unit blocks. And if you do it yourself, like, it's not quite a part-time job, but it can be depending on how disruptive the tenants are. So once again, there's additional paperwork with running a body corporate and you know just managing the relationship between those tenants and also the relationship between the tenants and each of their properties and the common area. So you gotta account for all of that. So overall, I did promise I'll give you my synopsis. I've never bought a block of units for that reason. Did I see them available when I started investing? Yes, but for me, especially when I started investing back in 2011, I was much more, I wanted to be passive. I wanted this thing to be like just doing, you know, chugging along as a side hustle. I was concentrating on my job, you know, building that borrowing capacity so I could build portfolio on the side that would ultimately transfer my active income to passive income. I could stop working. And for me, if I had 12 blocks of I have 12 properties right now, if I had 12 blocks of units, like that would be almost like a full-time job in in my sort of risk appetite and just who I am, I just don't need that in my life and I'm glad I didn't go down that way. Now that having said, could I have made tons of money by doing strat and titling and all that sort of stuff? Yep, I could have But I decided not to because the negatives for me and my risk appetite outweighed The positives and right now fast forward you know 12 13 years the economic environment is different the yields are almost like three four percent less than what they were back in 2011 to 15 when blocks of units were quite attractive so I would almost say right now it's a no-brainer 90 95 percent of blocks of units are just really terrible for the average investor so hopefully that brought you value guys and I always want you to concentrate not on external real estate but internal real estate the six inches between your two ears That is what's going to allow you to exit the rat race. Not anyone else promising any magic gimmick or shiny object, including me. All right, so level up for free. You can also please join the Facebook group, more than 30,000 amazing investors, Australian Property Mastery with Pika. I'm so grateful each and every day for you guys. you part of my community. Kudos to you for building what we have and I'm so happy that it's bringing you so much value. I'll see you next time. Catch you later.